right, when the dust settles, ladies and gentlemen, when the dust settles, my Lord will be there because there is no name higher. And we line them up and watch them fall down because there is no way you can beat God because there is no mountain too big for God enough to God too big enough for God to move. There isn't anything that he can't do. There isn't anyone that he cannot protect. And there isn't anyone that he cannot guide. And there isn't any demon that he cannot make flee at the sound of his begotten son, our Savior, Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ, the Messiah, who was a Jew. Thank you guys very much for joining with me today. Introduced our lease owner's wife to LFA and rise up last night, says Celestad. Thank you very much for that. That's what it's all about. You know, the best, um, the best form of uh, marketing or advertising is still word of mouth. It's still word of mouth or a share here and there. Either way, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for being here. Um, so many of you are already in. We got about 800 people watching this morning. Uh, if you could do me the favor of share, uh, liking the video, I know a lot of people just forget when they come in to just give us a quick like. Just give us a like. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. LFA TV on Rumble. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. It's the greatest thing that you can watch if you're looking for news or if you're looking for, you know, the truth of what's going around on around the world from a faith-based and godly-centered point of view. At least my show, Trumpet Daily, is also like that. So uh, thank you, guys. We really, 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 really do appreciate your time. We know it takes time to watch these shows. We know it takes most of your days to watch Rise Up. LFA, ungoverned, unafraid, and if you can't watch them live, you come back and you watch them later, we understand. Katia says, Jeremy, I know this is selfish, but could you, but could use a shout out for my birthday tomorrow. That is not selfish, and you can definitely get that. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Katia. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. God bless you. We all pray that you have a wonderful birthday tomorrow on Saturday. Wow, it's Friday already, Eli. Thank you, Scotty. He says, to help replenish the Slurp Fund, God bless you. Can you believe $72,000 already this year? We may even hit a hundred. We may even hit 100. Mary Beck says, Jeremy, we watch you because we need you. It's nice to feel needed. I can tell you that. Thank you very much. So I titled today's show Protecting Your Land. Because as all of you know, thank you, Russ Hawk. God bless you, brother. As most of you know, today is October 13th, Friday the 13th. And on this October 13th, the evil known as terror is calling for a day of jihad now if you're not familiar with what jihad is ladies and gentlemen it's alu akbar time okay it's blowing yourself up time it is doing anything that you can as an evil terrorist to sow terror into the hearts of society that is the definition of terrorism Black Lives Matter has always been, at least right after Ferguson, Missouri anyway, up until today, a terrorist group. Antifa has been a terrorist group. Grammy says, Jeremy, what do you say to someone who is so scared to live in this world right now with so much war? I'm so scared. I would say the same thing that this book right here says 365 times. Have no fear. I want you to, I want to tell you a reason why you shouldn't have any fear. Whether you live here, whether you live abroad, as long as you have Christ in your life, I'm going to tell you why. Are you ready for this? 
I heard this once, and I never forgot it. And I don't think I've ever told it to any of you. If you believe in Christ, Grammy, Karen, everyone, if you believe in Christ, ready for this? Greatest advice you'll ever get. Right now is the closest to hell you will ever be. And if you experience hell on earth, we all know that that's temporary anyway. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you've accepted the free gift of salvation that he died for, then today is the closest you'll ever get to hell. And that should be celebrated. And that should also tell you that you shouldn't have any fear because you know that your ultimate destination is pure bliss with God in heaven, with Christ, with everybody that you ever loved that's there with you and that went there before you. And that should bring some kind of security or joy to your heart. It does mine. So today, I titled the show, Protecting Your Land. And we're going to be talking about that today because this is this day of jihad, which is, by the way, just day number one. Chris Lartz says, I just got chills. I mean, I know. First time I heard it, I did too. The first time I did it, I did too. So because of this day of jihad, we want to talk about protecting yourselves, protecting your family, protecting your land. Amen? And by the way, this day of jihad is just day number one. It's going to continue. I told you, we are in for a doozy over the next couple of years. But if you stand strong, you stand firm, you stay covered in God's promises, you're going to be okay. That I can promise you. Protecting what is yours is not only an American right backed by the Second Amendment. I want to thank the Rumble Rants coming into you. I appreciate you so much, and I know producer Eli does as well. But it's also a heavenly right backed by God, protecting yourself and your loved ones and your family. You have the authority to protect you and your family by any means necessary. Nobody expects you to just lay down and die and allow your family to be persecuted or slaughtered just because you are a Christian and the Bible says turn the other cheek. That is not what that Bible verse means. So for anybody out there who might think, what was, we can't attack somebody back, the Bible says turn the other cheek, I think you might need to go and read that verse in context over again. Because that's not what it says. That's talking about more petty things. Not being slaughtered, raped, and beheaded. If you have the ability to protect what God has given you, then why doesn't Israel? That's a very firm question that I'm going to stick to during the theme of this show. Because a lot of people out there, including a lot of the people who watch other content creators, like that guy that was here yesterday, don't believe that Israel has the right to that land and therefore has the right to protect it. And I'm going to prove to you otherwise today. I'm going to prove to you otherwise today. So that maybe, just maybe, there's no more confusion over the discussion of do you have a right to protect what God has given you? And we all know that this Bible that I have right here tells me that every good thing that was given to you was given to you by God. But in the case of Israel, not only was every good thing given to them by God, not only was that land given to them by God, ladies and gentlemen, But he says it over and over again in the Bible. With his own word. He makes it clear 
which is why you see me simping for Israel as much as I am. Because if Israel does not have the right under God to protect what God gave Israel, then you don't have the right to protect your home and your family. Do you think that's the right? You think that's correct? TJ, I'm going to get that tracking number for you right now. Just so I don't forget. I'm going to give that, let's see here. Um, Your package has shipped. There it is right there. Tracking number. All right, TJ, I'm going to put it in the lower section of this show. So you have it, okay? I'm putting it there right now. That's the tracking number, my dear, so that you can get that EnviroCleanse correctly, okay? So what I want to do is I want to go to prayer right now. And then I want to break into a verse. And then I want to show you some videos. And then we'll talk about it all, okay? Is that all right? Everybody share and rumble the video. In Jesus' name, let's go to the Lord, our Father God, in prayer now. Lord and Heavenly Father. Lord, as your trusted and humble subjects, we come before you today with thanksgiving that you have given us the ability to protect ourselves and our family from all evil. Lord, thank you for The fact that we live in a country that allows us to protect ourselves. As in this very moment, Israel is arming its citizens to do just the same. Lord, we were never called to be doormats. We were never called to be pushovers. We were called to be strong, bold, loving bearers of the gospel. And that's what we are. And Lord, we pray for those that are being innocently persecuted and kidnapped and enslaved and beaten. And Lord, we just pray a hedge of protection around these people that they can get out, ones that are still alive, that they can get out of this captivity as soon as possible, Lord. And we ask that you bring justice, quick, swift justice to those who are committing atrocities in the name, in your name, because that's what's happening. People out there are murdering people in your name again. And it's happened throughout the ages, whatever religion you want to pick. And Lord, we pray that we can wade through the misinformation to find the truth so that we can stand with you and for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You have the right to protect you and your land. You have the, protect, the right to protect you and your family. You have the right. You have the right, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to read from Amos 9.15. It says, I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land that I have given them. That is just one of the multitudes of verses that I can pick from that God says that land belongs to them. Do you know what I cannot find in the Bible? Ready? I cannot find in the Bible anywhere where God gave that land that's being occupied by Israel today to Palestine or the Philistines or anyone else. Nowhere in the Bible do I read that the Lord gave that land to the Romans or to the Greeks or to Gentiles. 
As a matter of fact, everywhere I read in the Bible, it tells me that God gave this land to Israel. Now, I want to read from a few verses here for you, okay? How about Isaiah 43, 5 and 6, which reads, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, don't hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Isaiah eleven twelve. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four corners of the earth. To do what? To do what? To bring them back to the land that what? That he gave them. Mazzy, pause, by the way, to answer your question from yesterday. My wife did send that out in a priority mail envelope. So we are at the mercy of the post office for sure. How about Jeremiah 31, 7, 9 and 7? Or, I mean, 31, 7 through 9, excuse me. This is what the Lord says. Sing with joy for Jacob. Shout for the foremost for the nations. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them they will be blind, among them will be the blind and the lame, expectant mothers and women in labor. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will, le- I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is the, my firstborn son. Again, I don't see or read anything about anybody else being promised this land except for Israel. 122, 6, 9. 6 through 9. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of of my brothers and my friends, I will now say, may peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. So, is it clear? Now, I want to make something else even a little bit more clear and transparent for you. The reason why we are spending so much time on this, on LFA, on Rise Up, and throughout our lives is because we are connected spiritually with Israel. Does Israel believe mostly in Christ? No. And they didn't when they murdered him either. But that's not the point. The point is we are the spiritual brother or sister, brother and sister. We are the family of Israel. And we are tied to them. Their fate is our fate. Our fate is their fate. And we did not replace the Israelites as God's chosen people. Yes, I know that, Rosebud, 100%. Yep. So, I want to make something clear. This war that's going on in Israel and the war that will go on until the end of time in Israel is for 14 acres of land which is the Temple of the Mount. It's for that land. It's for that 14 acres in Jerusalem. That is what this holy war has always been about and will always be about. But spiritually, our brothers and sisters are the Jews of Israel. It's that simple. And there is no not standing with them. Because the Bible makes it clear. Again, I'll read from Amos 9.15. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land that I have given to them. To them. To them. Them, they, whatever you want to say. It is Israel. Now, again, if Palestine says that you need to give this land back to us, Name me a day in history ever that that land by God belonged to them. Name me a land. Name me a time. 
Name me a day that that land belonged to them first before the Israelites took it. And I'm going to tell you this. You can't. Melanie, I got your message this morning. I will look at it. I've got millions of messages that I've just not been able to get to, but I will look at it and I will get back to you today, okay? Good to have you here. You can't name a time, and there's a reason for that. I like this for... Uh, um, I want to read a little bit from the book of Amos real quick. Mazzy Paws says she received the check, Eli. She got it. So, it's, so your kitty will be okay? Are you going to be able to do surgery now? I'm so happy. All right. If you read the book of Amos, it talks about disciplining Israel and scattering Israel. Just like it does many, many times in the Bible. But what it never says is that, they are go- that God is going to rip that land from them permanently because they did something wrong or because they turned from God. It always says it's their land and I will bring them back when it's my time. When I will it, I will bring them back every time. So we had that guy in yesterday that was saying, Stu Peters doesn't simp for Israel. I'm going to go watch the Stu Peters show because he's not a groupie for Israel. Well, clearly that guy, and I don't know if Stu is that way or if he's not that way, but if that is the way he is, clearly he does not read this. At least not the same one I read. Because this one right here tells you that God will deal with Israel when Israel needs it, and God will bring them back when it is time, but the land belongs to them. And if Jesus stood with the people of Israel, and if God stood with the people of Israel, then I stand with the people of Israel, spiritually first and nation to nation next, because we are a Judeo-Christian nation. Israel is the rightful owner of the land and they have the authority and the right to protect it as you do and as I do. I want to play a video here for you real quick. And this isn't really an Israel video, but it's true. You know what? Let's save that. Let's save that. Let's go right to Ray Comfort. What are we, 930? 930. Let's just go right to Ray Comfort, ladies and gentlemen, because he's going to be talking about it. And you know what? Like I said, with this day of jihad that's happening all around the nation, you better lock and load. I'm not saying it's coming after you or your home today. I'm not saying it's coming after you or your home tomorrow. But you have the right to protect yourself, too. You have a right to you. What they're doing over there, beheading babies, raping women, killing men, burning children. That's what they want to do here. And your family is not immune to it. Stu Peters called out Pastor Locke for for defending Israel. Pastor Locke was not happy about it. Then Stu Peters, if that is true, then Stu Peters is lost. Stu is a lost individual. I'm not saying I don't like Stu. I think he's got a great network. But if that is true, he's a lost individual, and I'd love to debate him on that. I'd I'd love to debate him not on my knowledge, but of the knowledge of the Bible. And I'd love to go say, show me where it says not to stand with Israel. Show me where God didn't stand with Israel. Show me where Jesus didn't stand with Israel. And you wouldn't be able to show me that. And then I would say, does the Bible say that we should strive to be like Jesus, that we should do as he did while he was here, that we should teach and preach like he did while he was here? And Stu would have no choice but to say yes, because that's biblically correct. And then I would say, so you mean he told us not to stand with Israel then? Because that's not biblically correct. And it's that simple. And I'll debate anybody with that because if we're debating as this is our standard and this is our moral compass and this is our litany test right here, then I'll win every time. I'll win every time. 
Because God wins every time. I don't have to sit there and tell you what I feel. All I have to do is tell you about what God says. And I will win every single time. Stu, that is a, uh, that's a challenge to you, Stu, since you hate Israel so much. That's called anti-Semitism, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray Comfort. It's confirmed they fired thousands of rockets from Gaza overnight in a major multi-front surprise attack. Hamas has launched a surprise attack within Israel's borders overnight. War in Israel, and particularly the battle for Jerusalem, sends those who know their Bibles to key Bible verses. The re-establishment of Israel in 1948 was a pivotal event in the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The prophet Ezekiel, writing over 2,500 years ago, spoke of a future restoration of Israel, saying, Thus says the Lord God, Surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations, wherever they have gone, and will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. In 70 AD, Israel was scattered among the nations, and the Jews had no homeland for 2,000 years until 1948 when they became a nation in one day. Isaiah 66 verse 8 says, Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? This is what Jesus said of that event. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Since that time, there's been continual conflict between Muslims and Jews for Jerusalem. And none of the nations know how to handle what is commonly called the ongoing Middle East crisis. Listen to Zechariah 12 verses 2 to 3, written thousands of years ago, address the crisis of Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day, I'll make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. Jesus spoke of wars being a sign of the end of the age. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. See, Grammy, don't be troubled. All this will climax in the battle of Armageddon. Revelation 6 verse 16 speaks of the gathering of nations at a place called Armageddon, a term synonymous with a final cataclysmic battle. Have you heard of Armageddon? Of course. What is that? The the big war at the uh, at the um, at the end, the true good versus evil. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. So what should we do? Firstly, we should make sure that we're right with God by trusting in Jesus. Secondly, we must pray for the peace of Jerusalem and at the same time take the gospel to the unsaved. An often overlooked sign of the end times is that the gospel will be preached to all nations. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. I know that there's been conflict in the Middle East for since its conception, really. Jerusalem and Israel are pivotal when it comes to Bible prophecy. Yes, sir. Yeah, very, very pivotal. And, and what we see happening right now is not good. Does that concern you? As a Middle Eastern person, sure. Yeah, of course. It's a powder keg, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Do you ever study Bible prophecy? Uh, no, but I've listened to a lot of Christopher Hitchens. Have you heard of him? I wish there was a God. You know what I mean? Well, there is. Talking faith. You're talking faith no, to I'm me No, I'm not. I'm talking Listen, evidence. You're just bringing it out and just saying, hey, it's like this. No. With no proof at all. There's got to be something. I mean, humans are so soul-based and intelligent life that only something of a higher power could have created such a... So you believe in God? Yes, sir. Do you ever read the Bible? Uh, no. No, I have not. Do you ever study Bible prophecy? Um, I have looked at a, a few things just in class and stuff like that, but never never really sat down and committed that much to it. Yeah, but I wish I, I wish I could believe in it. I really do. I wish it was a Heavenly Father that created us all in His image and stuff and looks after us. But from all the stuff that I see, COVID and all the uh, 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 sex trafficking and all this horrible stuff going on. This isn't good work that he's doing. Well, this, is, is. this shows the sinful heart of mankind. That's all it shows. I didn't do nothing wrong. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Don't we all? Well, Jesus said when you do that, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you lied and stolen in your life? Sure. So you're a lying thief. You're in big trouble on Judgment Day. 
Oh, you sure come? <laughs> I you, wouldn't talk like that to I you. I know you wouldn't because you're a professing atheist. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Probably, that's, during anger. Well, that's blasphemy, using God's holy name as a cuss word. That's, do you believe in the Bible? Of course. Okay, do you kill your neighbor if you see him working on Sunday? No. Why not? That's in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say to do that. We're to love our enemies and do good to those that despitefully use you know, us. Uh, so let's go back to what we're I, talking I, I about. You know, Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. When'd you last lust after okay. a woman? No, that's, yeah. <laughs> No. That's, the, that's the one that gets us. I mean, that's yeah. the one that got me. Kelvin, that, that made me realize I was a sinner. I was in big trouble. Let's go to the other commandments. Just stay with me for a minute. I know it's uncomfortable, but it's worth it. How many lies have you told in your life? More than I can count. Ever stolen something, even if it's small, in your whole life, irrespective of its value? Yes. Ever use God's name in vain? Anytime. Yes. Yeah, yep. It's using God's name in blasphemy as a cuss word. And you've obviously looked at woman with lust by the way you reacted. Uh, yeah. And you've had sex before marriage? Uh, yeah. So here's a quick summation of your judgment day. This is for you to judge yourself. Calvin, you've told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterate heart. So when you face God on judgment day, you're going to be innocent or guilty? Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> You'll be guilty like the rest of us. Uh, yeah. Would you therefore go to heaven or hell? Hell. Now does that concern you? Yeah. Man, it horrifies me. I've just met you, but I love you. I don't want you to end up in hell. If you die in your sins, you're heading for hell. I don't want that to happen to you. I'm worried about it. Yeah, well, you should be. I am. I love you. I don't want you to end up in hell. You're telling me I'm going somewhere that's horrible. It is. Threatening. Do you, you know that? Do you feel threatened? No. Well, what are you well, talking about? Well, I'm talking about how you're shoving it down my throat, and that's what I kind of don't like, because I'm not shoving my atheism down your throat. Oh, yeah, you are every day. Remember the Bible day. verse, the wages of sin is death? No. Yeah, it's very famous. It's saying God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge looks at a criminal who thinks he's a good person, but he's committed multiple murders. The judge says, I'm going to show you how serious your crime is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what you've earned. And Calvin's sin is so serious to a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. You're on death row. Your death will be evidenced here that God is deadly serious about sin. Have you heard of Jesus dying on the cross for the sin of the world? Yeah, that's another thing. How, how, how did Jesus become son of God? How did that come out? Just out of the blue, huh? God was manifest in the flesh. So let me share the gospel with you very quickly. You know, you, you know what sounds so funny to me, hearing from you, all these questions I ask about your God, you seem to know the answers. In text with him, or you know him personally? And that just blows yep. me away. It's called That's a relationship, brother. To think that you know a supreme being, a he guy does. with a beard in the sky, and you've never seen him. You See don't, him every you day. You probably don't believe in aliens, huh? In spaceships, you don't believe in that. Nope. Even though there's millions of pictures of that, Christ died for our sins. God's offering everlasting life as a free gift. If you repent and trust in Jesus, he'll take the death sentence off you. Surrender. And yeah, surrender. Stop the battle. You're a place of enmity. It's not a battle to me. Yes, it is. You. Just, I don't surrender to nobody or no imaginary friend. Okay. <laughs> it's been very, may I give you a book I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible? It'll show you the Bible is credible if you've no, got eyes you. to read it. No, thank you. If you can get a grip of this, it's going to change everything for you. So don't let anything distract you. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. He was saying paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines and somebody else pays them, a judge will let you go even though you're guilty. It's just out of here. Your fines have been paid by another, and it's legal. Well, God can legally take the death sentence off you and let you live forever because Jesus paid the fine and full on that cross through his death and resurrection. And all you have to do to find everlasting life is repent of your sins, that is, turn from them continually, and put your trust in Jesus. Not your goodness, but trust in Jesus, like a trusted parachute. Calvin, if you're going to jump out of a plane 10,000 feet, why would you put on a parachute? So you can land safely? Yeah, and your motivation is fear. You fear hitting the ground at 120 miles an hour. So that fear is your friend. It's not your enemy. It's doing you a favor. It's making you put on a parachute. Calvin, because I love you, I've tried to put the fear of God in you today. I've tried to make you a little scared, hoping you'll see the seriousness of the whole situation that we're talking about and see that fear as your friend, not your enemy, because it'll make you mean business with God and put your faith in Christ where you'll find everlasting life. Is this making sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You're going to think about what we talked about? 
probably for the next week, <laughs> yeah. I want to move away from that probably to a sense of urgency because, Calvin, you don't know when you're going to die. 150,000 people die every 24 hours. And examine my tone. Why am I talking to you like this? It's because I really do care about you, and I know what I'm saying is true, and I want you to think about this with a sense of urgency because this is your life we're talking about. It's not my life. I'm saved. I'm in the lifeboat. You're out there with the sharks of death seas upon you today. You've got no recourse. You're going to be damned by God justly for your sins. So please think about this with a sense of sobriety. Will you do that for me? Yes, sir. I will. Can I give you a book I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible? Sure. I can tell that you have good intentions. So. Oh, I appreciate you listening to me. Let me get that book for you. Real quick, here are three things to help you grow in your faith. The Living Waters Podcast. The Evidence Study Bible. Yes, the Evidence Study Bible. Those of you who have the Evidence Study Bible, it's really, 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 really good. Pretty much everything that Living Waters and Ray Comfort does is really, really, really good. Um, but since we're talking about Israel and we're talking about the right to be able to defend yourself on this October 13th year of our Lord, 2023, when jihad is promised all over the country, all over the world to Christians and non-believers of Muhammad who raped children at nine years old. Um, here is another video from Ray, uh, that he put out that I'd like to, to go to as well. You see this plastic tote right here? That's hey, that's a four Patriots. Check it out, folks. That's a four Patriots. Uh, they're concerned that they might yeah. have to go a long period of time without getting outside food. And that's why our store is blowing up yeah. with thousands of four requests Patriots, baby. for our survival food. We've got a 72 hey. hour survival food kit Better, right no here. No time like now. That's free with this kit. we got another 72 hour survival food kit right here. Also free with this kit. By the way, this food stays good in pouches like this for an incredible 25 years long. I'm going to show you from the scriptures why you should use prophecy to reach the lost. Look at this amazing verse that gives us two powerful keys to reaching the unsaved. The Apostle Paul explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning till evening. How did Paul persuade them concerning Jesus? He did so both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets. When we use the words of the prophets, that is Bible prophecy, we're giving something that speaks to the sinner's intellect. We show him that only God knows the future and that he wrote the future in his word thousands of years before it came to pass. That gives legitimacy to the Bible as the word of our creator. And that helps a skeptic see that it's promise of eternal life has credibility. In other words, if the Bible is merely a man-made book, it should be discarded immediately. But if it is, as it claims to be, divinely inspired, then its unique promise of everlasting life is something you should seriously consider. Remember this verse uses the word both? Paul testified both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets. Prophecy appeals to the intellect, but the law of Moses, what we commonly call the Ten Commandments, speaks directly to the conscience. If we don't use the Ten Commandments to bring the knowledge of sin, they won't see their need of a savior, and they won't be persuaded concerning Jesus. So during our witness, the time must come when we deliberately swing away from the intellect to the conscience. And the way to do this is simply to ask the question, do you think you're a good person? It's not a hard thing to do. This is based on how Jesus spoke to the rich young ruler in Mark 10, verse 17. He corrected his wrong understanding of the word good, then he presented five of the Ten Commandments. Watch now as I speak to this young German and a man whose nickname was Shipwreck using these biblical principles. Shipwreck is basically the king of Egypt way back when. So you were the king of Egypt and you've come back? Yes, because the reason why is because the word of God is here. Do you know that what happens in Jerusalem is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy? And it's happening now. Yes, it is happening now. Right this minute. Yeah. Do you ever read the Bible? Um, I did in school, yes, in German school. Did you ever look at Bible prophecy? I probably read about it. The Bible says the Jews would get Jerusalem back after 2,000 years of being scattered throughout the earth. And that happened in 1967. Israel became a nation in 1948. They got Jerusalem in 1967. So what's going to happen to you after you die? God made you in his image, right? So when you go up to heaven and you die, you're going to go up and meet your maker. 
but you're going to be talking to a guy that looks exactly like you. And how can you lie when you're talking to somebody who looks exactly like you that knows everything you did since you were born? When the Bible says God created man in his own image, it doesn't mean we look like God or yeah. God looks like us. How do you know? I know because scripture tells us. No man has seen God at any time. He's no, all... we are made in his image. Yeah, but that means we've got a sense of justice no, and truth and righteousness. God. Okay, we are not God. We are made in his image. So when you go up to meet your maker, you're talking to like a mirror, but it's like a real person. No, you're not. Yes, you are. God is immortal. He's invisible. I know. I'm not mad. Of course he's invisible. He's all around us. But in physics, you can't have two things taking up the same place. That's called quantum leap. How are you going to do on Judgment Day? Are you a good person? I hope so. <laughs> Can you be honest with me? I'll try to. How many lies have you told in your life? That's the ninth command. So too many lies. Okay. Have you ever stolen something, even if it's small, in your whole life? Two dollar stickers from Walmart. The value of that which we steal is irrelevant to God. If you open up my wallet and just take out one dollar, you're as much a thief as if you took out ten dollars. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yeah, I did. That's called blasphemy. It's using God's name as a cuss word. Very, very serious. Jesus said if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Probably. <laughs> yeah. When did you last look at pornography? It was a while ago. Yeah, though. that's lust when you do that. And you go to heaven or hell? I'm going to heaven. I don't know about you. Have you been born again? I've been born again so many times it's unreal. No, I'm not talking about reincarnation. I'm talking about no. repenting and putting your trust in Jesus. Yes. Are you a good person? I sure try to be, but boy, I slip every once in a while. Do you look at women with lust? Sometimes. When you look at women with lust, Jesus said you're committing adultery in the heart and you're storing right. up God's wrath. But so not in the soul. Well, it's your soul that's doing it. It's looking out through your eyes. No. Well, yeah. Okay, now to have lust in your heart doesn't mean you got lust in your soul. Of course it does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> of course it does. I mean, if I think about jumping off this thing and go making love to some beautiful girl doesn't mean I'm going to. The intent is the same as the yeah, deed as far as God's concerned. Everybody is born to reproduce. All animals are made to reproduce. Let me get back to what we're talking about. Okay. What are we talking about here? We're, we're saying, hey, you can... The interview. We're trying to find out. <laughs> I'm trying to find out if you're really coming to heaven, and I want you to come to heaven. I want you to be born well, again. if I do, I'll probably meet you there. You've told me you're a lying thief, a blasphemer, and an adulterer at heart. So if God judges you by the Ten Commandments on Judgment Day, you're going to be innocent or guilty? Probably guilty. Heaven or hell? Hell, probably, but I want to go to heaven. Yeah, I... don't we all? You yeah, don't want to end up all. in hell. The Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Yeah. Have you heard of Jesus dying on the cross? Yes, I did. Most people have, but they don't understand this. And if you can get a grip of this, it's going to change everything for you. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone else pays those fines. Even though you're guilty, so you can leave because someone paid your fine. And it's legal. Well, God can take the death sentence off you. He can legally let you live forever because Jesus paid the fine on that cross and then rose from the dead. And if you'll just repent of your sins and trust in Jesus, like you trust a parachute, God promises he'll give you everlasting life as a free gift. Repentance means to change your mind about sin okay. and turn from it. Okay. If you're going to jump out of a plane 10,000 feet, why would you put on a parachute? Because I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah, and your motivation is fear. Yeah. And that fear is your friend, it's not your enemy because it's doing you a favor, it's making you put on a parachute. And because I care about you, because I love you, I've tried to put the fear of God in you today to make you scared. Okay. <laughs> hoping you'll, yeah, I did. Hoping you'll see that fear is your friend, not your enemy. Because it'll make you mean business with God and realize sin is deadly serious. And it'll drive you to God's mercy where you'll find everlasting life. Is that making sense? It is, yes. It is. So you're going to think about what we talked about? Yes. So ladies and gentlemen, how many of you evangelize to strangers? I'm going to admit, I only do it when the opportunity presents itself. Which, if you're looking for it, the opportunity can present itself pretty much in every scenario you find yourself in. Even at the grocery store, which I will do. I have yet to go out purposely with a camera and sit down and evangelize to people. And then rec record it and show it. I guess you don't have to have a camera, but long story short, I need to start doing this. Because 
if we want to say that we support Israel because we're following this, well, then we need to do that too. Maybe not the way Ray Comfort does it. Maybe not in the, you know, epic fashion that Ray does it. But we are called to do it. And I pray that all of Israel accepts Jesus in their heart sooner rather than later. Now, I know that is probably not going to happen. It never happened before the existence of the United States of America. And I'm sure it won't happen after we're gone. But that's what I pray for. I pray for everybody on this planet to drop their evil ways no matter what they've done, no matter where they are, even if they have to go to jail for the atrocities that they've, that they've admitted to, even if they have to be put to death for the atrocities that they've committed, I pray that everybody comes to know Jesus before it's too late. I really do, especially Israel. I think that's Israel's biggest problem. Now, I want to read from a couple devotional books before we end today. And... Uh, the first one I want to read is Infuse Me with Energy, Lord. Okay? From page 68. We're going to need all the heavenly energy that we can muster over the next year and a half, folks. Until Trump comes back to the White House, which he will do. Hebrews 12, 12. Lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Fatherhood can be exhausting, both physically and emotionally. But when God calls us to a task like parenting, like fatherhood, he also supplies the strength to perform the task. So if God is calling us to evangelize, then he is obviously affording us the strength to do that and the authority to do that. If he's calling us to go and, you know, defend Israel physically or financially or whatever, then that's what we have to do. And he'll give us the strength and the ability and the resources to do that. If he's calling you to be part of your youth group or part of your boys and girls club for your church and making sure that your kids are involved in that. And you may say, oh, I work all these hours. I don't have the time. God will give you the time if he calls you or the, the, the ability and the energy and the time if he calls you to do it. What you have to do is you have to have an open form of communication with God. Remember that guy said, what do you text him? What do you see God every day? What are you in some kind of a relationship with him? Yes. I see God every day. He also supplies the strength to perform the task. Learn to rely on God's strength to pull you through when you get tired. And don't forget to take time to rest because he gives you plenty of time for that too. Lord, it is no secret to you that sometimes being a dad wears me out. But when I need you to lift my drooping hands and strengthen my weak knees to go on by faith, it's then that I also need renewed physical, emotional, and spiritual energy. God, you are a great father to me and your energy never runs out. I pray that I will rest in you each day and draw the necessary strength to my dad stuff. Renew me today, Lord. Infuse me with your energy. I want to tell you two things. There are two things that you can do to get more energy, one spiritual and one physical. Number one, sit with your butt or lay down on the floor with your butt firmly up against the wall and put your, both of your legs up and stretch your calves so that your feet are flat. And if you have something like heavy, have somebody put like a heavy book or an encyclopedia or something on your feet and keep your legs against the wall, laying flat on your back. Somebody told me once, a physician told me once that 20 minutes of wall sits with your feet up, your body recognizes three to four hours of sleep. So that's one thing you can do physically for more energy. The second thing you can do is call upon that energy from Jesus, folks. The second thing you can do is call upon that energy that you need from Jesus. Now, you may think that that's supernatural, superficial, doesn't work. I can promise you that it does. I can promise you that anything that you utter and ask for in the name of Jesus Christ, you will get if it's according to God's will. I can promise you. Now, I want to read from this book, and then we'll close it out. In this book, we're going to read from choices because we know you can go get your heavenly energy that you need, okay? But you also have choices that God gave you. And a lot of people are exercising the wrong choice in life right now. And I'm not saying by picking sides in war. I'm talking about by picking sides in morality. 
Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Obstacles can make the road to your goal treacherous and send you on a bumpy ride. Mankind seems determined to focus on the obstacles instead of focusing on the goals. I always, you know, kind of like Peter when he was walking on water. If he just would have stayed focused on Jesus, he wouldn't have went, wouldn't have sunk underwater, right? I always have twenty-five reasons as to why I can't do something, instead of telling exactly how I can do it. All those can'ts can really build a massive pileup on the highway of life and keep me from seeing down the road. Sure, I'll have some fender benders on my journey, but as long as I look only for things that will prevent me from staying on course, then I will never see my destination on the horizon. Even if I'm close to arriving there, it could just be around the bend. Of course, mapping out Mapping it out before I begin my travels helps tremendously. That way I can avoid, avoid some of the obstacles waiting for me and choose a better route. Basically, don't put yourself in bad situations where new, you know you're susceptible to fail or sin. That's what that's saying. That's what being a Christian is all about. Choose the better route. Maybe I should let Jesus be my GPS, my God's protective services. Amen? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want, to, uh, I want to thank you all for being here. I really do. These Rise Up shows are so enlightening and incredible, and they really keep me focused. They keep me on the path that I'm supposed to be on, and you guys basically uh, are a part of that. You guys are basically part of keeping me straightened out, and I know my family and, uh, and my wife definitely loves that. So um, as we close out this week, I want us to look back on this week, Okay. I want us to look back on this week, and I want us to see all of the Rise Up. So go back sometime today and look at the titles of all the Rise Up shows and kind of see our growth throughout the week. You don't have to go back and watch every show, but maybe go back and read the description of every show. Familiarize yourself with what we learned this week in the Bible. Familiarize yourself with those verses and maybe go back and read those verses. It's only then that you can recap everything that we have uh, learned and everything that we've been through at this fellowship this week and actually carry it through the weekend to get you to Monday. And of course, you've got church on Sunday. So ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for being here. Sean Farish and Ungoverned comes up next, followed by Live from America with yours truly and then Unafraid with Mike Crispy. God bless you again. Thank you for being here. Continue to pray for each other. Continue to have prayer partners. Continue to show love. Continue to spread the gospel. And you know what? Don't be afraid of anything. Because today, right here, closest you'll ever get to hell. God bless you guys. I love you. See you later.